What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2013. You guys are listening to episode 138, uh, and I have a great episode, uh, episode after Thanksgiving. I uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. I'm going to get into that. But uh, first, I want to introduce uh, a guest on the show. I haven't had a guest, uh, wow, in a few weeks, uh, actually... It's going on um, almost two months now. Uh, last guest was Jason Lawhead, but I'm sitting here with uh, a young, funny, up-and-coming comedian that I hit it off with in Baltimore. Um, I'm going to try to say the name right. It's very Irish, everybody. It's uh, Stavros Halakis? Halkius. Halkius. Okay, Stavros Halkius. I don't know why the fuck. Um we worked together when uh, me and Matt Arise were in Baltimore. You were hosting the show, and I was told you're going to love this kid. Uh, maybe because you're Greek. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we hit it off. And uh, funny up-and-coming comedian from Baltimore. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. But thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I, I love the show, and uh, I'm happy to you know talk about it. We got some funny stuff to talk about, so I'm excited, dude. Uh, yeah, dude, you told me something that I'm really excited to talk about, uh, which is, I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what to say to, to, to what I, I just heard it from you and then actually confirmed and read. So, uh, guys, buckle up because this is, this is going to be, I mean, it's unbelievable what, when you find out what some of these people do. But anyway, um, how was your Thanksgiving? It's good, man. Yeah, yeah, we had, uh, had a Greek Thanksgiving, had some lamb I'm not a big turkey guy, so my mom cooked up a leg of lamb. That was pretty much it. There's no pumpkin pie. I was a little disappointed, uh, but that's what happens when you get when you get the Greek Thanksgiving. You miss out on some of the American stuff. But it was a fun time. Oh, so you did the Greek thing, and there's no so there's no. I mean, you're like you're so fucking Greek that like turkey. You guys don't give a like. Yeah, I fucking I I can't do turkey. I don't like turkey personally. <laughs> it's it's such it. when I have to go to somebody's house, you know, and pretend I like it. That kind of thing, but yeah, I, I, we did the we did the the leg of lamb with a little tzatziki sauce. Oh man, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that that's great. good shit. Um, yeah, I mean, this year was really nice for us because what we did in my house was it was just uh, me and my obviously my my wife and kids, and then my siblings and um, my mom and stepfather, my mother in law, and uh, my wife's brother his his girlfriend and her son and then the little kids had like their little table but there was only like maybe 11 was there maybe 11 of us whatever it was i don't know 11 12 it was just really nice it was small um i got to tell you though i don't know what was different this year man the food was better this year than probably the last 5 years i'm not a big broccoli guy you like broccoli i'll do i'll, I'll do uh, broccoli when it's in like Chicken and broccoli. You'll know do I mean? broccoli when it's completely disguised <laughs> it's, and, it's and hidden, That the fact that it's broccoli. No, I get that. I get that because I'm not a broccoli guy really. You know, I'm really not. And like, like, yeah, like I'll have it with Chinese food or like if it's cooked in some weird way that somebody has that fucking disguises the broccoli taste. Right. But my wife made this shit, man. I don't know what it was. It was broccoli in this cream. It was like this cream sauce, but it had a, it was like, it had this spicy kick to it. Mm. It was fucking delicious. <laughs> uh, we had two stuffings. We had regular stuffing, and then we also had um, a sausage stuffing 
We had the cranberry sauce. We had the the turkey, which was cooked all the way through. You know what I did for the first year? I carved the turkey. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's it. I was nervous because I don't want to fuck that up. <laughs> you know, like if somebody yeah. hands you a knife and says it's your house, you're the man of the house, do it. And I got nervous. I was like, I don't know what that even means, but I did it. Yeah, that's so funny. It seems like there's a lot of anxiety for American dudes. Like carving the turkey is like this big deal everyone has got everyone's got those yeah the automatic knife and that type of shit it's like if you fuck that up you're less of a man or something like that yeah. <laughs> I don't... yeah that's true it's like you feel like you're like i can't fuck this up but but no we carved the turkey we ate everything was everything was delicious it was a great it really was a great time and a great day and um you know we just sat down and we relaxed as a family it was it was really a better one than usual you know i come from a, a, a you know a divorced family so my whole Life was having to get in the car and go to one family and then go to another family. And my wife, the same thing. You got you to gotta please everybody and you got to run around and, and, and it sucks. And, uh, you know, to just have people come to me now right. in my house in the country and, you know, you saw the house and the scenery. It was really nice for Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, that's funny because actually my Thanksgiving... Uh... We we wanted to stay home because my grandmother lives with us lives with us in Baltimore, and my mom wanted to stay home. We had you know family invite us over, but mom's like, no, I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna cook, and we're all gonna have a Thanksgiving like a family. But my grandmother, she's 85. <laughs> she never Thanksgiving doesn't mean shit to her. She she grew up in a little village in Greece. You know what I mean? She doesn't give a shit about Thanksgiving. So my mom and she eats on a very rigid schedule. She eats at 12 and she eats at five. My grandmother. And so my mom, she finishes dinner at around 3, you know what I mean? Thanksgiving dinner, you usually eat it kind of in the afternoon. She calls my grandmother down. She's like, hey, you know, time for dinner. She's like, what? I ate at 12. I'm not I'm not coming down. She's like, I'm not coming down till 5. And she's like, no, I, I made like Thanksgiving dinner. It's big. We're going to eat as a family. My grandmother couldn't be bothered. She just sat in her room and watched Greek soap operas. And my mom was just fucking pissed the whole meal. And it's just that's fucking yeah. great. That's old school, man. And she's like, look, nah, dude, I got my. I don't yeah. like. It's just another day to me. Yeah, you know, exactly. I grew up in a fucking village, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was at work. He doesn't give a shit either. Uh, that's funny. Um, well, we got a lot of stuff to cover here, and. Um, I'm glad you're on the show. It's going to be, you know, I want to talk, uh, we're going to talk about the Baltimore comedy scene and, and coming up, and I know you're visiting New York, and you're somebody that, um, you know, is thinking about coming to New York. Like like a, a lot of my buddies, Jason Law was on the show, and he's out in L.A., he's thinking about coming to New York, and so we're going to get into all that. Um, what I first want to do, too, is, is talk about this. I posted this on the on the, on uh, on Facebook and also on Twitter, but... Um, I, I found the reviews that I was getting from the podcast, and sometimes I don't like to read all the reviews, or sometimes I just don't like to, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if reviews is something that's good or not for a performer or an artist to see, because we're the type of people that, and, and I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I could look at 50 reviews, and if 49 of them are great, I want to know why the fuck or what I'm doing wrong to the one. And that's just me being insanely competitive. And, you know, do you look at reviews of yourself or have you have you read things about yourself that were like good or bad? And, and how do you take that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly what you're saying is that like you shouldn't give a shit about the one negative person. And everyone says don't read the comments on anything, you know online or anything like that. I haven't had that much reviews, you know, I haven't had a lot of stuff written about me or anything, but 
I know exactly what you mean. Like when you're on stage and you could be killing, but one guy's just fucking stone faced. I was at I was at uh, where we met at Magoobies this weekend, and I'm having great sets, uh, but one guy just in the front row is just like kind of smiling, and it's it's pissing me off. Meanwhile, there's a hundred fifty other people that are dying. Just this guy though, just and I and I'm just you know, fixating on him, and then, you know, he came up to me and shook my hand after the show, but I don't know if he's just, like, a polite person, it just fucks you up, as, you know, every performer is just like a, you know, we just want to please everyone, and so, I don't know, you, you gotta work on that probably, but but your reviews have been good, what, what have you seen? Well, yeah, reviews? I mean, what? yeah, that that's one thing that I'm really, and I wanted to say, um, you know, and I know that I, I, I've thanked people for the, for the nice reviews, and I noticed that more were coming, but then I was, um, I was online and something came up. I forgot what what I saw, and I think it was something like on Pod Bay, and then it had the iTunes reviews. And I guess I don't know if I saw it because I finally got to like fifty reviews, or I got to a certain number. But then I saw the reviews, and I was like a little hesitant because I don't care anymore. And that's one thing. Like negative reviews. I mean, I get them. I mean, I, I've gotten them before, and and. Like I said, the majority are great, and you're gonna have a, a few that aren't. So I, I know that, and I get that. In the I get that. That's our business now. But you know, with social media and stuff, you got to expect there's gonna be cunts out there. That's that's what it is. You right. know what I mean? There's first of all, it also does take certain people. Like you have to either be really cool to go on and say I like that person so much, I'm gonna write something nice, or you're looking for a problem too. It takes a certain person because I would never. I don't care. Like I could watch a guy, you know juggle two flaming dolphins and 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 fix them and put them back in the water i could watch a guy fucking turn invisible and come back and i would be like that was amazing but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna grab a i'm not gonna grab a laptop and write about it I'm just, I, I don't know i'm really tired because i don't know what the fuck on fire dolphins would be the guy would have to be insanely strong and near water i don't know why i came up with that but um no i want to thank i honestly um I was really taken back by the reviews, some things that were said about the show, and um, I, I there was like I think I think the one that, the, this is really funny. So then I wanted to stop reading them, and my wife was like, "No, no, I want to read them." You know, my wife was you know because the show the 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 Verzi Effect podcast is is doing better and it's growing. And when I came across this, my wife was like, "What are you reading?" I was like, "Oh, babe, listen to this. some guy said something insanely nice, and and it was great." And then she starts reading through all of them, and I'm waiting for her to say, "Oh, you're not going to like this." And there were a couple of bad, the only couple bad ones, somebody was like, um, I used to like Paul's show, <laughs> but then he kept talking about his gigs and then, you know, it got annoying or something. And that wasn't really that bad. And then there was one half negative one and one and, and great at the same time. It was like, you know, I really love the show. Paul is hilarious. Um, although he could be a little self-righteous and he could be kind of a jerk talking about himself. He's hilarious and I love the show. And I didn't even know how to take that. I was like, you know, it, it's a podcast about comedy and my career right. and what I'm doing and, and being a comedian. And, and one thing that I love to do is be honest right. and real and so, yeah, I am going to talk about myself so I can see where they're saying that. But I just like how he was like, yeah, he's kind of a self-righteous jerk. But, like, I love the show. He's yeah. hilarious. And it's like, I, I guess I'm doing my job. Yeah, yeah that's funny because it's, like, it's not like you're a character on a sitcom. Where it's like, I don't like that one guy, but the rest of the show is great. You're the whole fucking show. Like, yeah. what, what is like, he I almost about? have to be self-righteous yeah. in a way because I'm talking about my, myself and my career and my family. But I do want to thank, honestly... Um, 
that was cool and keep them coming. And I know the podcast is moving up in the ranks. So, um, you know, thank you. And, um, I posted the reviews so you guys can see what I'm talking about and you guys could scroll and, and read them all. And if you want to say something, but I'm sure if you're listening to this and you did go on and sent and set a review, uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, for the people that, you know, don't like it or, you know, said something negative, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to go fuck yourself, you know, because you at least did try to listen and that's going to happen. Uh, you know, that's going to happen. Um, I did get, um, I did get an amazing comment from this dude, uh, Jonathan Wark, uh, Wark, I think it's, uh, W A R K. Uh, I just want to say, yeah, thanks, uh, Jonathan. And I, I mentioned to my fans, if you guys have anything that you wanted me to talk about, ask me. And, um, I did get a message, uh, from John and he asked me, uh, cause he's an upcoming comedian and, uh, he asked me, and this is something you can get involved in, uh, stop. He asked me, um, he said, I know you probably talked about this and touched on this during the podcast. Um, you know, when uh, a while back, I'm sure, but what, what is an up and coming comedian do to start, you know, especially with open mics and, uh, my answer, and I did, I did touch on it a long time ago, but for, for new listeners, this will be great for you to hear, um, my perspective because everybody's is different. I'm not a big, and I've always said this, I'm not a big, um, I don't, I'm not a big believer in, in open mics that much. And I, I, I am a big believer in the fact that getting the material out and you actually saying it aloud is, is important, but I'm not big on the results that you get from it. I don't think that the results that you get from it are genuine, real, you know, when you're sitting there and there's 14 comedians with a notebook. Um, but what I did was to get started was I just had five, six minutes of, five, six minutes of material that I knew like the back of my hand. The first open mic I went to was in Woodstock, New York. And I, I had no, nothing written and it was just awful jokes. I just went up there. I thought I was just going to be funny off the cuff. <laughs> like I was talking about the warning on cigarette packs. I was fuck. It was just so fucking bad. <laughs> and what I did was I made myself, I booked myself again the next week and I had, uh, like six or seven minutes that I knew like the back of my hand. And they ended up letting me do like 15. I was just fucking because I had a great time. But so my advice to anybody new and just starting out going to open mics is have a five to seven minute set, things that you truly think are funny, jokes that you know really well, uh, that you believe in, that you think is funny and go to an open mic and, and just say them and have fun with it and understand that everybody at that open mic sucks. <laughs> okay, I don't give a fuck who you, I mean, you may have some, like, older veteran comedians coming out to do, like, but that that's rare. I mean, the majority of people that are at that open mic are not funny, or they're not, they're not, I shouldn't say they're not funny, they're not ready, they're green. They may be very funny, but they're not, like, you don't have to feel, don't feel like if you go to an open mic, you're going to be, like, the one guy that sucks and, and dies up there. No, nothing is really good. That That's my, that's my take. So my advice is get your five to seven minutes, know it like you fucking just know it, practice it, have fun with it in your house, and then understand what you want to talk about, and then just go to the open mic and truly know when you get up there that it is a bunch of amateurs, and you're just there to have fun and see what happens with it and, and get it out, and you're going to feel great afterwards, and, and then you could build build on that. that that's my take. Stav, I, I don't know what, what you think. I mean, you've been doing this going on four years now. Um you know, so what, I mean, what do you were doing open mics when you first started in Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's also, it also really depends on, I think, what city you're in, because the New York open mics are sort of like, 
are kind of what Paul's talking about, where it's like really soul. It's almost like soul crushing, and it's like <laughs> yeah, it is. there's nobody but comics, which I think it can be important to try out a new joke. If something really works there, it's gonna work. But if you're in a different place, the open mics might be kind of good. I mean, the the mics in uh in D.C. There's some mics that are kind of like shows, kind of like show environments. So those can be really helpful. But I think the important thing when you're starting out and you know, you're just starting out is to realize, yeah, what Paul said, everyone sucks <laughs> at that level. And you're not, you could be really funny, but it's going to take a while to get comfortable on stage and just be okay with not being as good as you will one day be. Uh, you're going to bomb. You're not going to be that great. And the people who really stick with it, uh, they're the ones that, you know, are successful in comedy, even though they might not have as much natural talent as some people, it's really important to be, you know, to have perseverance. So just go out there and, and uh, you know, keep trying. And don't don't be the guy that brings his, like, tells his family and all his extended family and everyone in his office that he's a comedian now. <laughs> and just and brings, like, 30 people to an open mic and you kill at your first one. And you're like, oh, fuck, I can be on, I'm going to be on Letterman. I'm, I'm so fucking funny. And then the second mic you do... Those people don't show up and you just eat it. Don't don't be one of those dudes. Uh, but just go out there and do it, man. And it's, you know, it's fun. And at the end of the day, even if you fucking eat it, you're at a bar, just get drunk and then go to your shitty job the next day. That's that's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's an accomplishment. Good or bad, it's an accomplishment because you're going up there and you're trying something. And I remember when I first started, I just remember, wow, I just did something that that Eddie Murphy did. I just did something like, you know, I stood up there and I told jokes and if this is all it comes to, you know, uh that that's the coolest part about this about this is you're doing something that's that's different and fun and something that you could say you did and I truly believe and I don't know how people feel about this and maybe we could get into this with um the, the podcast today too. Because uh, we do have some stuff. We got a funny... Oh, uh, dude, we got a couple of funny things to talk about. Unacceptable. It's a big sports week uh, with all the stuff that happened. Um, uh, no movie again. I know. I'm the worst. I, it's going to be an ongoing thing in the show. Like, Kind of like when uh, Jimmy Kimmel says, my apologies to Matt Damon. I, you know, I'm gonna, I, I guess I'm just gonna say, yeah, there's no movie. I will see a movie, but I just, I've been, it's been crazy. Um, and then, you know, we'll do plugs. Stav will, 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 will plug his stuff and... The reason he's on the show is because he's a young up-and-coming comedian, but he's finding his voice really early. Uh, I remember Matt Arise was like, "Hey, man, you got this kid. You're gonna you're gonna love this kid who's hosting. He's really, you know, good." And I remember seeing just a, a guy comfortable and talking about his life, and and that's 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 the really you know that's that's what has to you know happen. You have to get comfortable, and it, sometimes it takes you know people longer you know me I had defense mechanisms until I was really comfortable and now you know and now I'm, I'm extremely comfortable it's just it's just that's what it is but I think one thing I want to talk about on the podcast is I feel like and I don't want to get all I don't I don't want to get all like spiritual with signs or things like that but I feel like in my opinion when you do something and it's right and it feels right you're almost like, holy shit, I was meant to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Michael jo Michael Jordan, when you look at his what he came from, when you look just at his body, he's like a basketball model, a robot. Like, if you were to pick a body to be a fucking... I mean, he's it, and it's like, is there anything else Michael Jordan 
could or should have been doing. And I think if you go to an open mic and you want to be a comedian, I think there's going to be that one thing that happens at that show. If, if, if you do seven jokes, okay, and six of them shit the bed, but one of them pops the room and people come up and they keep talking about that. You're going to go home and go, man, I think I was supposed to tell that joke out loud to people and now I want to build on that. And if you suck and you just know it's not for you, I think something inside of you is going to tell you, look, man, it was a good shot. You did it. You could tell people, but it's just not, that's not something that you should do. That's for me. And it always progressed like that. You know, it, it always was like, oh, now now this show, and oh, this person wants you on this show, and it was like, oh, man, I think I should be doing this. So I don't know if it's like signs or if it's, if it's destiny. I don't know exactly what it is, but I feel like there are things that have happened, not just in my comedy career, in life, that you're like, holy shit, man, that was supposed to happen. I really feel that way, and I know some people don't, and I know some people are like, oh, man, anything, and that's fine, you know, whatever you fucking believe in is what you believe in, and, and you know, but I just feel like you're gonna know something, and, and if, if, if you're supposed to do comedy, you know, it's like Ray Romano, for example, um, you know the story about Ray? No. No, Ray, I heard, quit, and then... He started again. He never really did the road. I heard he was just doing, um, just doing city spots, and he had a family, and he was a sales guy, and he, you know, and he he quit, and then he came back to stand up, and then I heard right before he quit the second time, he was about to quit and be done, and then that's when he got the sitcom, and it's like it's just like. What made him go back? And and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is all. Hey man, this it's that's all bull, feel good bullshit. Or <laughs> and, and 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 it might very well be. But I I think that if you go to an open mic or you start doing stand up, I think you're gonna get something in you that lets you know, man. Hey, this is where I could I I could go because, you know, I mean, I have a lot more work to do in this business, but I feel like in the direction that I'm going. Uh, things have led up to it. And it's like with you, I mean, you're in Baltimore. You're not in a great, you're not in a great, I mean, luckily, Baltimore itself is probably not a great market, but you luckily have the DC thing too, right. which makes it, which really is huge. And DC is one of my, I mean, I think that's some of the best crowds and that's why people do their specials there. But I mean, you're a guy, you're not a New York or LA and that's got to be on your mind when you're out there doing it. But yet you won what did you win? You win a contest of funniest... Yeah, it was the, the new comic of the year for Baltimore in 2012. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. Thanks, man. But, yeah, you... Yes, you were the... Yeah, so... But, like, don't you feel like winning that or in some way, like, that lets you know, hey, man, like, this is, uh, you, you know, like, this is, like, that... This is that little kick, you know, that you needed. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's... It's, uh... It's not even that contest so much as just what you're talking about when you're on stage and you're just doing well and it's, you know, it's what you always wanted to do and it's this weird thing and, uh, you know, it's it's funny to do this thing that you thought, you know, you dreamed of doing and, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm in Baltimore, I'm in D.C., I'm not in New York or L.A. and But at the same time, making people laugh, making a crowd of people laugh is the same anywhere you go, really. You're, you're still on the stage and you're still, uh, you still got to make it happen. Right. And, uh, that's what it was for me. I mean, that's what kind of gets me going is when people, you know, you see, you go, you do good rooms, they're comedy fans, and just a couple people telling you, hey, that was, you know, that was funny. That'll keep you going. And, uh, yeah, I just I just love doing it, man. I would, you know, I, I was about to say I would do it for free. That's what I'm basically doing. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm losing money. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the red uh, stand-up-wise, but 
yeah, I love to do it, man. I drive, you know, go to D.C. every night from Baltimore, but it's exactly what you're talking about. You almost feel like yeah. this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, or, or I could just be a lazy piece of shit that doesn't want a real <laughs> job, but uh, I'll just tell myself that I'm meant to do it. And that's my excuse for not, uh, for not working. Wait, you know what, though, man? It's like, it's, like, it's like getting in the car and going to D.C. when you do all those nights. It's like there's a reason why you're doing that because there's something that you know that you felt or that you see the crowd feels. And you're like, well, you know what? Now I kind of owe it to myself and the crowd because maybe, you know, I'm going to fucking, I can do some, some damage and I want to be really funny. And I think I can, I can give that to these people. And, you know, like with me... I drove, um, you know, I've, I've told the story before, but it's something that'll stick with me forever in my career. It's one of the most proudest moments of my career is I drove 15 hours. I had 24 hours to get to Chicago for an audition, and I and I drove with my brother like 15. I got barely any sleep, and um, it was a three-minute audition, and it was the last day of auditions. Nobody knew me, and I ended up getting it, and they flew me to Vegas, cool. and it was like, you know, it was just like, I don't know why I got in the car. My, my wife took, like, again, I wasn't going to go. And my wife called me like two in the afternoon. I was in New York and she goes, are you going to go out to Chicago and do that? And I just talked to my brother and I was like, yeah, I really think maybe I should. And I did. And, and it worked out. And it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, I, listen, some people think this shit is corny and hokey and destiny and stuff. But like, like I said, man, I think things do happen for a reason. And um, because when I had a regular job, stop, it was like, I did well. You know, I was a 21-year-old kid. I just started doing comedy. I was working sales. I was going door-to-door, phone cable and high-speed internet in um, in Queens and, and in buildings in New York City. And I was a 21-year-old kid making over $50,000 a year, you know, spending it on sneakers and stereos. <laughs> I was fucking buying sneakers. Me and my buddy, my buddy worked for Verizon, and I worked for RCN. And I was making, I made like $51,000 when I was 21 years old and I just started doing comedy and comedy was what I really wanted to do, but I was making good money and until comedy started to make me, you know, more money and until I actually had a career, I had to, you know, you know, sell. And, but even with that, it was like, even doing well, you know, it's not what you want to do. Yeah. You know, and I could have parlayed that. I ended up becoming a supervisor. I could have ended up becoming a manager. I could have ended up becoming a director of sales. I could have ended up, who knows, a VP one day of sales. I could have just done that. And and but when you do when you do comedy, it doesn't matter. Like, and this is this is one of the greatest things that that you could say about comedy and doing it and the feeling. And we're gonna get off comedy. The only reason why I wanted to do it is because you know the open mic question, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about if somebody gets discouraged or gets a feeling that. Uh, and and after that, we'll leave it at that, and we'll, we'll move on. But like doing stand up, it's funny. This is the only job when you do stand up. It's the only job where you can talk to a a CEO of a Fortune five hundred company. And once you both find out what each other does for a living, he's the one impressed. <laughs> you could talk to a neurosurgeon, man. You can talk to a fucking, seriously, you could talk to a brain surgeon who saves lives and removes fucking tumors and, 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 and works on the human brain. For, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, you, 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 you tell jokes in front. And it's like, it's one of those things. And, and when you get good at it, you want to just see how far you could take it. And it's just so, I mean, is anything more fun than going to work? Like tonight, I'm he- I'm headlining the University of Delaware tonight. I'm gonna fucking go into a college and make fucking kids that are gonna go back to their dorm room and fucking, you know, jerk off and 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 and, and watch some stupid show and make them laugh. I mean, that that doesn't get better than that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's it's to- it's so much fun. But I do, yeah. But it's it's also, it's also just like 
you know, yeah, you could have done, you could have had a day job and all that stuff, uh, and it sucked. Uh, but sometimes I feel like, well, no one actually likes those jobs. We're just lucky to be able to have like, this, <laughs> That's true. yeah, yeah, like even the people that are VP of sales or whatever the fuck, it's not like they're waking up in the morning. Oh, I can't wait to sell. Or they're like, or they love it so much that they're douchey and they love their title. Yeah. Like sometimes you have those people that like they're they're like, oh, I'm the VP and this and that, but like deep down inside they're probably empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the best job because it's like, what other job can you like? Hey, I'm gonna be late. Uh, I'm really high. You could, yeah, you could, you could, you could call into a show and be like, "Hey, I'm 15 minutes late. I'm stoned as shit, and I can't find my keys. Uh, so I'm gonna be 20 minutes late." You couldn't do that in any other job. You couldn't be like, "Hey, boss, I'm too stoned right now. Uh, I'll be in around noon." But you yeah, can do that. You can do no, that in a comedy show. You no, know, so. like in comedy, you could call up like the booker or manager, and be like, "Yeah, listen, I know I got a 8:15." But I'm fucked right now. Like, I can just, you know what, is there any way I could switch with so-and-so who's on at 9.15? And, like, that that's, like, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, in comedy, yeah. Like, it's like, you're like, like you couldn't do, yeah. yeah. like, a heart surgeon couldn't be like, listen, I know I got that triple bypass at 8. Can, you know, can you get... I'm just really hungover, so uh, can you get somebody else Can you else get Steinberg to go yeah. in there? <laughs> can you switch? Tell Steinberg, I know he's got a 4 o'clock. I'll take his 4 o'clock. I, uh, yes, I made him Jewish, everybody. I had to make him Jewish. Um, uh, all right. So, yeah. So anyway, that that's I I, I do want to. Um, last thing I'll say about comedy is it was really funny. I did that um, since uh, Thanksgiving. I've done a few shows, and uh, you know I had I had fun over at the the stand after Thanksgiving, and then I did this levity show. Levity Live does a uh, a one p.m. brunch show. And, um, I gotta tell you, it's, I was there, I did it, I did the first one ever with, uh, Chris Lambert, you know Chris? Yeah, 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 Chris is great. So, and me and Chris are kind of responsible for this show going on, because I guess Levity is owned by, like, the Improvs and stuff, and the Improvs had this idea of, like, let's do a family-friendly, middle-of-the-day brunch show. We'll get, you know, egg, you could get great egg uh, breakfast. You could, you know, have eggs, all this stuff, you know, pancakes and waffles and French toast. And we'll, we'll get families and we'll let people in. Now, I went in there and I didn't know there's going to be five-year-olds in there. Hmm. So it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Chris goes up and he does a great job. And then I had to do 45 minutes in front of these kids. And I, luckily I have kids and I talked about that. And it went so well that they said like, oh man, we want you guys back. And I was busy and I couldn't do it. So anyway... Long story short, I go back in December after not being able to do it for a while, and there was like literally 60 people there. There was a party of 16 that were 12-year-old boys. There was um, an 8-year-old girl and her brother right up front with their parents, and it was great and bad at the same time because you kill with certain stuff and everything is good and like you you know all the clean stuff you could do up front but then your wheels are turning the whole set of what what's clean what's clean what can i do there's an 8 year old girl here what can i do and it's an awesome muscle that we don't really get to 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 exercise a lot which was really cool but i had to do that and then i left and then i went over to um the you know the, the stand and then, um, and last night I did the the comic strip. Oh, by the way, I want to plug. Um, I want to plug the comic strip. The comic strip is um, uh, p- 
Paul Spratt and his uh, his buddy Matt, um, they are doing Monday nights at the comic strip now at 8 o'clock. And uh, last night was the first one, and it was great. Me, Matt Arise, Pete Davidson, a bunch of funny up-and-coming comics there. Uh, Paul Spratt um, hosted it, and... Um, yeah, his, but Matt came out like like so. It, basically, what they're doing is it's up and coming comedians. You gotta get you gotta get to do the show. Yeah, I'd love to. I got. I'm gonna talk to Paul to 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 see about getting you on that show. But because um, you you would you would love the show and and for a Monday night at the comic strip Upper East Side of Manhattan, 82nd and second, it's a great time. But anyway, doing that show at Levity in front of kids. What's the youngest person that you've ever made laugh in a crowd? Oh man, I did a uh, I did a. Uh... It's the one I couldn't turn down the money because it was just really good. But it was like a, I don't I don't even know what it was like some kind of, uh, it was at a Catholic high school, and it was like family night or something. Or it was like it was a, it was supposed to be. You <laughs> Sounds know what it was? awful. It was supposed to be like a father son night, but then at the last minute, and father son that could be fun because you know father they're high school kids they're with their dads. You can be a little, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know, dad and son humor. I could do that all day. But then the last minute I get there and they're like, oh, it's actually family night. And there's like the age range is like 85. Wow. It's grandparents to literally like four years old. So I'm like, and I have to do 15 minutes here. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I was, I was pushing it when it was 10 minutes when I thought, and I don't have a lot of clean, you know, I'm not a very clean comic, but I just did like, you know, I'm like, oh, I guess the only clean stuff I have is like fat jokes so i'm doing like 10 minutes of fat jokes and i'm tired of them by the end but it's like it's either that or jokes about eating pussy and i can't do that <laughs> i can't do that at a catholic high school oh that'd have been yeah. great <laughs> that's like the one way to rectify the problem like to, to, if you don't want to get booked on those things anymore <laughs> right you know if you're just like you just go out there and you're like listen i'm gonna i'm gonna horrify people here yeah but um but it was way too much money. Like you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'll do, I'll, I get some. I, it's not that I don't make any money. I'll, you know, I, I do some club stuff and uh, I'll do like bar shows and stuff. But I'll take any show, uh, even if it doesn't pay, just because I, I want the stage time. But this was just, you know, schools no sometimes have so much money. It was like, yeah, you know, it, it's like it was more than I made like in a weekend at a club just to do like 10 minutes. So what am I going to do? Not do it. Yeah, money changes everything. Like like money like I'll be like fuck that. I'm not wearing a suit. <laughs> I'm not wearing a suit and they're like, "Well, dude, it's 15 grand." And I'm like, "All right, what color suit?" Yeah. You know, like I'll wear a suit, you Yeah, know? I like I like how we're having I this. I just dis- meant gray suit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're having this discussion after we just talked about like how it's a calling and how uh, we don't we we don't answer to anyone. <laughs> we're, we're fucking tap dancing for a hundred bucks at a Catholic high school or whatever. <laughs> I remember when I first started doing it, man. It was like I like like I remember like getting like getting a hundred and fifty bucks for a show was like incredible. Yeah, you'd be like, oh my god, I'm getting a hundred and fifty. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, it was an interesting show uh, to say the least. But it was a good time, and thank everybody, man. If you're, you know, the parents were into it, and, and you know what, I told it, it was fun because I was telling some of the kids, I was like, look, you know, your parents hate you. You know, they love you, <laughs> they love you, but like the the shit you put them through, they hate you. And like it was, so, it was like I kind of did like the way I would normally be with obviously having to be clean, but being like honest, and it, and it was fun. So, um, but all right. So anyway, moving on. Here's what we're going to do. We got, um, I guess we'll do the unacceptable for the week. 
which I know by all the reviews is is uh, it's, I guess it's becoming the Verzi effects like top ten on Letterman. Like right. that's this is the this is the go to. This is what everybody loves. So we're gonna what we'll do is we're gonna do an unacceptable for the week. We were gonna do like two, but this is like a combination of the two. Like this is this, one is gonna lead into the other. But I always like to give my guests the floor for um, unacceptable for the week. So I ask Stav, and he he'll talk about it now. Uh, we'll do the unacceptable for the week. Then we're gonna talk about something hilarious, and then we'll move on to uh, and then we'll move on to sports. So um, now you're officially on the Verzi effect because you're doing the the your unacceptable. So this is Stavaros's unacceptable for the week. Pet peeve, if you're new to the show, unacceptable for the week is exactly what it sounds like. Something that just drives you nuts, something that you saw this week that was just completely um, unacceptable. Right. Well, so, I mean, in general, so it's th- it was Thanksgiving and, you know, Black Friday is like this big thing. And I fucking, I hate Black Friday and I hate, I hate especially that they're, uh, that they're starting to open stores on Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? It's like that's how that's how shitty these companies are they can't even let you have one day with your families they make people come in and work and also the shit you're buying by the way they're just going to mark it down anyway they act like they're giving us a big fucking favor it's shit they're trying to get out of their fucking stores so they can sell you high price shit uh at the beginning of the year so it's it's all a big fucking scam but the the funniest part probably the funniest thing i read uh about uh black friday is that the 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 stores get so crazy, and <laughs> and there's so there's so many people in there, and people are so you know they wait in line for so long that Black Friday is like the marquee day for people shitting themselves in public in stores, <laughs> and like to the point that like uh, I was reading this article, this really great article on on uh, on Gizmodo, uh, this uh, yeah, and it's it's uh. Really funny stuff, and and like here here's an example of what one lady did. So it's like there's this Best Buy that had fifteen hundred people come into it, and the lines were so long that they were going all through the store. Uh, and a lady, uh, so this is what happened: a lady who didn't want to lose her spot in line just opened a dryer and took a shit in front of everyone, just like people in front of her with a fucking Wii for their children are watching some lady shit in a dryer. Because she doesn't want to lose her fucking spot. Dude. It's like we turn into animals to get $20 off a of fucking Furby or whatever the fuck you're buying at oh Best my. Buy. Dude. And then, oh, my Dude. God. Dude, let me tell you. First of all, I didn't believe him. <laughs> okay. All right. So so it's, it's let, I'll say this. Let me start off by saying because I, I have to go on a rant about shitting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But before I do, um, I, I, we were talking earlier. I think that I don't. When I first heard, because it was like everybody was outraged with, oh my God, it's Thanksgiving. How are people open on Thanksgiving? And my thing was this. As, as much as that can suck, I, I thought that there were some people that maybe their whole life growing up, it's not that bad for. I've talked to people that are like, no, I want to work and I want to make money. Um, maybe they had lost somebody around the holidays. Maybe they had a shitty upbringing and Thanksgiving always sucked in their house. So to them, it's a distraction. I've even talked to comedians that are like, I just like to work through it. So I don't think that that, but then you made a good point where you were like, well, the fact that they're just, they're not getting paid. Like you should, it's almost like when a comedian works on New Year's, you get double. When you work on certain days, you get, you know, you get double and you should. To go into a fucking Walmart and still get your shitty hourly salary or whatever they give you, 
um, it, it's 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 it that that is unacceptable. And the fact that you're going in for those hours and they're just treating it like you're coming into work instead of a special day and appreciating that 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 is unacceptable. But a bigger unacceptable. Okay, I, I, I read this story, okay, because he goes, yeah, you know a lot of people are shitting themselves, and I was like, get the fuck out of here, he said, they're not shitting themselves, and he's like, no, no, they're, they're online shitting themselves, okay, I don't know if there's ever been a, a greater unacceptable on this show as far as truly unacceptable, like, you know, like, I could, I could, I could rant about something that I feel is unacceptable, somebody busting my balls about a veal chop, I think that's unacceptable, but... To, I also said that they said later that day after the woman shit in the dryer, later that day they found a guy that just dropped his pants at the bottom of an escalator and shit because he didn't want to leave the store. I mean, like somebody else, somebody else, fucking somebody else just took a shit. Uh, what was it? Yeah, they just took a shit uh, and just wiped. They just went to like a clothing rack, wiped their ass. At an old navy, just wipe their ass, uh, put a shitty diaper, and then put a shitty diaper just in the middle of like a fucking thing of sweaters, and didn't tell anyone. Not at the bottom, in the middle, and they had to throw out all the fucking sweaters. Well, first of all, you know, serves old navy right for the shit they're selling. Yeah. But listen, listen, how the f- are you kidding me that you for fucking twenty percent you are gonna shit in a fucking Walmart or wherever this like are you? out of your fucking mind like like is that money listen you walk up to somebody reasonable and go hey dude listen i got one or two options here and i was wondering if i you could help me out yeah what the fuck if you if you if you say to somebody listen dude i'm going to shit in front of you in a dryer could you just watch my spot? Or how about this? How about you just give me the 15% difference yeah. out of your wallet to spare? To spare so I b- don't shit in front of you. What the fuck? Who the fuck? People were next to her, dude. Like, people were looking uh, at her shit. Uh, how do you just... What do you do if you're the guy right behind the guy <laughs> shitting at the escalator? You just... Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, oh, excuse me. Just trying to get by. I don't want any shit on my shoes. I have tears in my eyes right now. I have tears in my eyes right now. This is the funniest thing. For a grown fucking adult. Oh, we're being seriously loud. And there goes my daughter. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. We're sitting here screaming about shit. Um, All right. We're going to have to lower this rant. For a grown adult to drop their pants and take a shit. To save 15% on a fucking piece of shit (laughs) is just, if somebody was next to me and they were like, hey, dude, (laughs) I'm going to save 15 bucks on this, (laughs) but I might have to shit right now near you. You got 50. I would give them, I'll give them 20 and say, get the fuck out of here and go reevaluate your life. (laughs) Okay. Why don't you go to a fucking hospital or go to fucking, go talk to somebody in your family that can help you, but you really need to reevaluate. Like you either love sales and coupons, but you know, there's people that love that shit, man. I don't understand. You're just shitting. Like I can get, okay. I get the person. They're a fucking, they're a maniac that just wants to, they don't care about shitting. But no one's going to say anything. They found it. D- th- no one said anything. The people behind the lady that shit in the dryer didn't say anything. The employees came by later and just found a piece of shit in a dryer. Oh How do you just like... And what do you wipe your ass with? You just walk around with shit? With just shit oh in your my. pants? Dude, I don't get it. It's, it's a fucking sale. 
Like it's not, it's not, I don't like, and these people like today, yeah. today, yesterday was what, like Cyber Monday. Yeah. And so people could sit at their computer and, and get all the sales. But like, you know, like that chick is probably sitting on the bowl with her laptop. <laughs> like she, Dude, I don't, it's, yeah, it's, it's for like, it's not, you're not in line for a fucking kidney. If you were in line, if you were in line to fucking get a dude, heart I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. If I was online for a kidney and had to shit, I'd get out of the line. It's like, dude, I might die, but I can't fucking shit in a dryer. Like, I'd rather fucking, because that's a legacy. I'd rather be like, listen, he went because he didn't have a kidney, but at least he didn't shit. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the guy that survived because I shit yeah. in a dryer. I mean, like, and, and how about this? These, some of these places have bathrooms. No, they all do. They just don't want to get out of the line. It's, just, it's ridiculous, man. It's like, all right, so take the item to the bathroom. <laughs> like, you know, like there's no rule in a store that says, listen, you're going to lose the item if you bring it to the bathroom. It's going to go back on the shelf. No. Sit there with your fucking, I went into Target. I, dude, I went into Target, and the, the amount of people that were in the toys for all the sales, and like, listen, I understand, and I don't want to be insensitive to people here, I don't want to be insensitive to people here that like, don't have money, but when you're talking like 15% of like a little piece of shit, like, I just, to storm in like that, it's just, I don't know, man, like, it, it's just, it actually is sad, and it, it really does, like, those sales and what those companies are doing is they're exploiting people, man. They're, they're making us, lit, like... There is no more, like, applicable example than just shitting in public. They're making us animals for fucking nothing. For shit we don't even need. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like people are in there buying, <laughs> buying like, food for their family at, you know, at discounted prices. This is for, like, a flat screen TV. You're, you know what I mean? You don't need that shit. No. Uh, everyone, no one, no one goes there for, like, <laughs> essentials. So it's like, you just, all it has, all it takes for us to just completely lose our humanity is like well dude you know what you're right yeah you're 100 percent right like that think about what it takes okay so you watch a civilized person walk into a store and because they're gonna get a sale that they're online for they're gonna fucking open a dryer and shit in it <laughs> and like that person has like a family like that person is breathing your air like that that person is fucking going to restaurants and eating. Like that that person should be in a fucking zoo behind bars <laughs> getting thrown slop. Like I I can't even and, and you know what? You know when you really saw it when that that big storm that big storm that we had when all the gas stations which was the last one was it Sandy? Sandy. Yeah. When Sandy hit okay and it, it hit Jersey and stuff like that. They were saying like, and and there was a lot of a lot of things. I think in Staten Island, somebody got shot because people were online for gas. And you saw what's gonna happen, and what could truly happen in in the world, in this country, and everything. When when the shit really hits the fan, like if there was anarchy, dude, people are coming. And like, I'm not trying to joke. I'm not trying to joke around. I like being away from a city. I like being in the country. You know, I want to fucking you know, you know, fucking get some dogs and fucking you know some some sort of protection. Here, a couple bottles of scotch in case this shit really hits the fan <laughs> but like i'm not i'm not kidding like you see humanity turn ugly when when there's a shortage of a necessity and and gasoline is a fucking huge necessity i saw the lines people were fighting people were standing up people were stealing people were, some people got shot and killed and it's like it makes you think like i mean what are you capable of doing 
okay? And I know this is going to sound fucking hilarious, and this is. this, In my opinion, this is one of the funniest unacceptables because it, it's just, it's so unacceptable that it almost shouldn't even be an unacceptable. It's like, it, it, it should be so understood. But like, what are you capable of doing? If you're capable of taking a shit on an escalator to save 12 bucks on a sweater. <laughs> listen, if you're capable of shitting on an escalator to, sell, to save 12 bucks on a shitty sweater or whatever, what are you capable of doing when when the shit really hits a fan. Yeah. I mean it's scary, dude. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it doesn't even take that, dude. It's like you just take I don't you, you if you turn the Wi Fi off in a fucking Starbucks and said only one person can have Wi Fi, you're gonna see people choking them you know, choking people with their scarves for Wi Fi. Like it's fucking we're we're just we're animals, dude. And it's like that's how we like to think we're we're so civilized, but that's all it takes is is just a long line will make yeah. you drop your pants. Yeah, a long line because you're worried. A long line because you're worried that, you know, that that sale is not going to be there anymore or that item is going to be off the shelves and, and you can't fucking go to the bathroom because you're going to lose it. So you're just going, fuck it. I'm sh-. like, and, and, and do you think she said that to her daughter before she left? If she's like, I'm getting that fucking sweater, okay? <laughs> Listen, if I have to shit on that line, okay? <laughs> If I have to shit on that line, you're getting that sweater. Okay, you're getting the pink one. Oh, I will shit in a dryer. Sweetheart, look at me. I will shit. <laughs> That's how much you mean to me. Yeah, what if we're pieces of shit? What if it's like her daughter's wish? Her one wish was to get this and it was the last one and this lady's like crying while she's shitting. And everyone, she's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Everyone's around her. We understand. That's why they didn't rat her out. <laughs> what if we're just being total, we're the, we're the assholes? God, dude, are you kidding me? Listen, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> this is for my daughter. I would love to see like a Make a Wish on ESPN, where they were like, they were, they were like Cynthia Smith <laughs> promised her daughter a sweater, <laughs> and then it just cuts the documentary cuts to Cynthia like I told her by all means necessary, and then it goes yeah. back. to the- I told her we shouldn't have had burritos before going to before going to Best Buy, but she didn't listen. She wanted burritos. <laughs> oh man! I'm sorry, everybody. I'm losing my shit right now. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, all right, sweetie. Listen, this is what we're doing. Okay, <laughs> we're not eating tonight. No, mom. I want the burrito. You remember what I did in that dryer? Uh, I scarred a fucking Best Buy employee for life because of that burrito. And those fucking employees got to clean that. They got to clean it up, man. And I was reading the article that you showed me and they were like disgusted because not only did they have to deal with the traffic of all the, the, the people and just the shoppers, but then they had to clean up fucking fecal matter. I mean, are you, are you yeah, kidding? The guy who shit in the escalator, <laughs> just people stepped in it and just, it was all over. The whole fucking store was covered in shit, like the whole floor. They had to mop the whole fucking thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway, dude, so yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's un- unacceptable. <laughs> oh my God. But that was the funniest dude. Oh my God. Shitting. I mean, I thought that like I thought that waiting online was a problem, but that is just. I mean, that just takes you to another level. And um, I got to be honest with you. I um, 
I'm not going to try to talk a big game here and say that I would stop the person. I got to be honest, if I saw somebody's dedication to that level, if I saw somebody's dedication to that level where they just pulled down their fucking drawers and took a shit in the middle of a store, I would be A, envious... I mean, I would clearly be disgusted, but I'd have to watch and really, like, watch them just buy it. I'd have to watch them finish their mission because I would be like, this person fucking came in like a sniper. Yeah, dude. When so, what are you going to do when someone's asshole is out in the open? At that point, there's no talking anyone out of anything. When someone's asshole's breathing fresh air, like, you know I wouldn't, it's like, over. Yeah, because you know some people would be like, no, I would say that's disgusting to play pants. I wouldn't. I would just be like, I'd watch it for, unfold, and I would, I would fucking be, I'd be probably scarred and 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 it would also probably be one of the greatest things i've ever seen all at the same time so i guess we'll we'll um so you know something good for you lady shit in a dryer i hope your daughter enjoyed the sweater um that'd be funny if like she did like got something stupid though yeah, yeah, like if yeah. it was like a plunger and a screwdriver and she's like saving eight bucks it's on ironically it. it's toilet paper <laughs> she took one roll out um yeah. uh, all right, we're going to get into sports because we almost, that was a lot of shit talking, um, <laughs> literally. Um, now, you being now you being from um, the Baltimore area, you told me that you can't stand the Redskins and you are a Ravens fan, But and congratulations on the Super Bowl Thank last year, you, but my yeah. question is this, what were you before the Ravens got there? Uh, it was actually, it's funny, uh, I was... Uh, what we first, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, what was the first year of the Ravens, do you know? Oh shit! I I was in I was in 90s, elementary right? school. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the nineties. Uh, I remember 90, the yeah. team I was really into, just for whatever reason, was uh. Well, I I know the reason. I fucking loved Randy Moss. I was a big Vikings fan. Oh, when I love I was, Randy Moss. When I was a little uh, when I was a little kid, it was you know he was just amazing to watch. Uh, and so I really loved uh, I really loved the Vikings. Uh, but then we got a team, and you know, it was it was uh, it was very exciting, and we we won pretty early on. I mean. Uh, and I remember that year too. I was a little upset because the Vikings were actually in the NFC Championship with the Giants because we beat we beat your Giants the first uh, I remember. the first Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, you guys you guys played the Vikings in yeah. the NFC Championship, and I was like, oh shit, Vikings versus Ravens this is going to be perfect for me. And uh, we killed them. Yeah, you forty one nothing absolutely murdered. Yeah, it was forty one nothing. That team, that Giants team was I you know I didn't think they were that good, and they they fucking. Murdered. Yeah, but they weren't oh, ready for your defense. Yeah, uh, that was uh, Kerry Collins. Jim Fossil That's was right. the coach. Yeah, they they weren't ready for uh, they weren't ready for the defense. I mean, that defense was the fucking that I mean, defense was up there with some of the that defense is up there with some of the best defenses ever. Yeah. Um. Well, real quick, I'll, I I there's not much to talk about my Knicks. Um, I, I gotta be honest. I'm not joking around. I like might've tapped out already. I haven't watched their last three games. I can't fucking believe how bad I went in so happy that I don't know if my heart can take, I can't take it. I really can't take it. I was ready for, I mean, listen, and I already, my unacceptable last week was chanting, or one of the weeks was chanting fire Woodson, which is ridiculous. The guy won 53 games last year. And if he lost the locker room that quick, then you know something. Uh, something needs to be on these players. You know, like it, it, uh, Woodson can't control J.R. Smith. Like I said, pulling up a fucking looking one way real quick and then pulling up an 18 footer with two people in front of him. He can't control that. The bottom line is there's no heart on the team. Carmelo Anthony saying that they're mental, mentally thinking they're going to lose every night. No Tyson Chandler. Um, a big reason the Knicks won 53 games last year was Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler's leadership and the way they were in the locker room. We don't 
have that now. Carmelo Anthony is the leader. I said it once and I'll say it again. He's an amazing scorer, one of the best dribblers I've ever seen. I mean, one of the best scorers off the dribble I've ever seen. However, he looks like he's still going to smoke that joint and eat a steak <laughs> afterwards regardless. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. J.R. Smith is is a, is a a can be an unbelievable potent scorer and can be lethal, but he's an awful, awful shot taker. He makes awful decisions. It's the Knicks are the Knicks are three and fucking. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I don't understand. And we actually we met before the season, and I couldn't understand. And you were excited about the Knicks, and I just could not understand why the team is just built so like Amari is done. Like Amari. Well, here's why though, and again I understand Amari's done. You're right, but here's why. The reason why I was excited was because for the first time in twelve years, we won a playoff game. <laughs> Okay, that, that we we and and this is the first time in like over a decade that not only did they win a, they won a playoff game against the Heat, then they lost to the Heat. Right. Then the next year they win fifty three games. They not not only did they get to the playoffs, they win the first round and have a decent second round. And you're like, holy shit! Maybe if we get a piece and like it looked like Woodson was really getting in the face of the big guys. You know, he was getting in the face right. of Melo on the court. And I was like, oh, we got a guy. He's not afraid of these fucking guys. He's gonna preach defense. And I was thinking maybe the taste of that second round. You know, maybe the taste of the second round would make them go, hey, and they just totally fucking reverted back to this selfish half-court bullshit, and I might be done. Hey, dude, and also, it's not, maybe they need a piece, but everything they did in the offseason was fucking, like, horrific. Horrific. Like, what, do you get, uh, you got Bargnani, which, like, you didn't need another, a big guy who can shoot and score, you know what I mean? There's no rebounding, there's no defense, the interior defense on that team is horrendous. You yeah. know what I mean? Without Chandler, it's it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, who the fuck is going to stop any competent big man on the Knicks? Nobody. Uh, which sucks. They were a lot of fun to watch. It was cool to have the Knicks be relevant because it's weird. It almost feels like they don't deserve it because when the, when the fuck have they been... When have they been good? I can't remember in my lifetime. It's, you know, you have to go back to the, you know, the Jordan era uh, yeah. and... You know when they were in the well the night the 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 Starks and Ewing Stark, and yeah. Oakley and Mason, you know going to the fi- going to Game Seven of the Finals against the Rockets. I mean that was exciting. Those those epic battles they had with the with the you know with the Bulls and the Pacers. But yeah, man, it's really tough, and uh, I might be done. I mean, I'm gonna watch a couple times and see if they could go on a spurt and turn us around. But they may. I was talking to somebody last night at the comic strip. Was like, maybe they just need to dismantle and start over. And I don't know. Maybe they do. But you're talking about a year that the owner predicted they could win a championship. Your I mean, owner is bullshit. Oh, um, he's he's awful. I mean, terrible. All he wants to talk about is a shitty jazz band or whatever. Like you know, yeah. he, you know, he's in a he's got yeah, his yeah, yeah. He's he's fucking yeah. He's he's awful. Um. That's it with the Knicks. Now, the Giants, here's what I'm afraid with the Giants. The Giants, one thing that you love, and this is why I love being a Giants fan, and this is what the Giants give you. First of all, they I've said it a million times. They got the quarterback. They got the coach. The Giants could have easily laid down and died when they lost basically what was their Super Bowl, which was the Cowboys two weeks ago. I mean, that was their Super Bowl. If they win that game, they're 6-6 six and six right now with a split against the Cowboys who were tied for first in the division. The Giants are right there. Them losing that game absolutely kills them. But then, instead of lying down, they go into D.C. They beat... The, the Redskins, and um, the Redskins started that game 14-0. and And it was at that moment, and, and I, I don't want to take credit for saying this because I heard Mike Francesa on the fans say it and somebody else say it, but I totally agreed that when you're down 14-0 on the road after losing that heartbreaker to Dallas, you could lay down and die. And they didn't. They came back and they won the game, and now they're 7-5. and five, I mean, they're 5-7. and seven. If they do win out, 
<laughs> which is hard because you got the Chargers, you got the Lions, and you got the Seahawks. Jesus I don't think they. I don't Christ. think. I don't think they're gonna do that. I didn't realize they were playing all those you know, days. I think at best they're gonna. I think the best they could hope for is to lose to the Seahawks and pull out the Chargers and Lions, which is still a hard feat. But I think if they do that and end up eight and eight, then you just gotta hope. Just got to hope that fucking, you know, the Eagles and, and the Cowboys collapse. But it's probably not going to happen. But what sucks is watching them fight and play well, knowing that it just, you cannot start a football season 0-6. But only the Giants could have you even talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for a team to go 0-6, you think they're going to end up being 2 and fucking, you know, 4. I mean, you think it's going to be over, and they and, and they don't. So I do like the fight. Um, but it was cool to see them win. The two things that I definitely wanted to hit up and talk about um, before my daughter starts screaming, and I God, she's got to take a nap, so do I. <laughs> um, the Michigan, I have to talk about Michigan-Ohio State. I didn't watch... I didn't watch the entire game, but I turned it on, and there was like five minutes left, and then I'm watching the two touchdowns that like tied it up. But I have to talk about this um, two-point conversion that he went for. Um... Absolutely. I mean, I've 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 talked about it to the point where people are like, "Are you dude? Are you involved in football?" Or like, "What? what the, why the fuck are you?" I you cannot go. F- you are in a rivalry at home. Okay, you're in a rivalry at home. You drive down the field with almost no time on the clock, and you score. You you have the your your offense feels great. You have the momentum, and you're on the road. Three reasons why you 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 do not kick that. Okay, and I don't know how you feel, but did you see it or no? No, I didn't see okay. it. Okay, and so I was, what, talk, it's, I was it's, talking to Lawhead about it, and, and we were texting a burr. We were all going nuts about this, and we all agreed, and uh, which is rare. <laughs> but you can't, you can't. So what happened was, you know, I mean, first of all, you know, that's, that's the biggest fucking yeah. college, that rivalry. That's right. one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest sports rivalries in our country. Absolutely. Okay, they're at the big house in Michigan. You know, they added all those seats. There's like 100,000 people. They're going nuts. Ohio State scores a touchdown and goes up a touchdown with like very little time left. Ohio fans are there going nuts. Fucking Michigan fans are scared. Um, Looks like it's going to be over. And Michigan runs down the field. First down, fight and scratch claw. Get to the, get to, you know, get down there. And they score a touchdown and the place is going nuts. And the coach decided with like no time, like there there was no, no time. Um, the coach decides to go for two and win it right there because he didn't have confidence that in, that that they could do it. And um, Urban Meyer, the coach of the Ohio and Ohio State's undefeated, Urban Meyer looks at the formation and calls a timeout. And when he did that, he looked confident. And then I'm like, all right, Michigan's gonna kick now. You gotta kick, okay? And he didn't. He, they went for it. They went for it. And I totally <clears throat> forgot I was doing a podcast just now. I leaned back. That's why. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I got low. Um, he he. He saw the formation. He called timeout. They get out of the timeout, and Michigan goes for it. Michigan throws an interception in the in the uh, in the end zone. Absolutely can't do that. Okay, what you for three reasons? Number one, I think you just demoralized. First of all, the fans deserve better because the fans. You just went down there and you kick a thing, and anything happens in overtime. Anybody who watched that uh, New England Patriots Denver Broncos game knows anything can happen in overtime with a botched kick or somebody hits off their leg, a fumble. Anything can happen, and you're at home. Give that crazy chance at home. Let that happen there. Let those fans go nuts. Yeah. But your offense just goes down the field and gets that momentum. Let them kick it and go on the sidelines and feel good about it, knowing that that they got that confidence for the next drive. That's number one. Number two, you're showing 
your defense that you really have no fucking confidence in them whatsoever, which is a shitty thing to for them to be feeling. And number three, one of the best coaches, this is probably the most important one, one of the best coaches in fucking football, and college football, saw the formation and called a timeout. <clears throat> Absolutely cannot do it. Michigan deserved to lose that game, and the fans deserve better. You kick the extra point, you flip a coin, and you guys are both, plus in college you start on the 35, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Awful. I gotta say, I do... I'm a little I'm a little soft on it because I you got I feel like you want to win the game right there. Yeah, I I can see where he's coming from, and I think I think you, you're sort of looking at it like negatively. He doesn't trust his defense, but I think that puts a lot of confidence in your offense, and you've got the momentum, and it takes a lot of balls. And I really do wish more people would play for the win uh, right. in football in general. But what really I think where I'm going to agree with you is that it's at home. It's a rivalry game. Uh, you know, you got you you got such an advantage. In OT, and you've got all the momentum going on your side. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you there. But I would like to see more people go for two and I, yeah. just you know get that dagger, and then more people should fucking go for it on fourth. I think there's. A- I, I agree. I agree with that. But in that rivalry, right. in that scenario, in that rivalry, in that scenario where those fans are fucking stoked, they just saw that thing and they're like, oh my god, you know we're going. To, we can go to overtime. We can win this thing in overtime. To just have that do or die Russian roulette play. I just, and I know maybe he just said, listen, now's the time. I get it. I, I don't want to, I just feel like in that yeah. moment for me watching it, I go, man, just let it happen in, in, in overtime. But I, I, I definitely know what you're saying. Um, and it made for great conversation and it was fascinating. It was an unbelievable weekend in college football. Auburn beating uh, Alabama. Oh God, I mean, dude, I mean. On a, on a return field goal. Yeah, I mean, on, on a missed field goal that the guy just takes for 100 and something yards to beat the number one team, and like basically that play ruins Alabama's chances <laughs> for going three peat. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, that, that, that's big, man. It was a big football weekend. So that was cool to watch. Um, well, that's pretty much it for sports. I don't have a movie. Um, I would like to say, um, you know, rest in peace to Paul Walker. That's horrible news. Um, 40 years old. Uh, I found out he had a 15 year old daughter. Um, just awful, and I'm not trying to be a softy here, and I'm not trying to be, but like, some of like the fucking comedians on on Twitter and stuff, like just making jokes, like the minute it comes out, I just feel like, and especially, and, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but especially if like you're like a fucking shitty open micer trying to say, like you know what I mean, like if yeah. you know if, and I know that sounds shitty, but like if like you know if, if David Tell said something clever, like almost like to be, I mean you you still like wow it might be too soon, but like when somebody's just trying to say something for shock value and the guy just died, it's kind of shitty, yeah, you, you know what I mean? No, and, and I I don't have a problem if you're gonna make it, I think everything's on the table to make a joke. I do, but t- when but like when you do it, you have to realize the stakes are higher for certain things sure so if you're gonna do it it raise better be the bar fu- it better right. be fucking funny right you it can't be... be just some lazy fast and the furious joke right you know what i mean yeah, yeah that's will... so obvious you yeah. know what i mean yeah and it's like i i honestly like being and one thing i learned i learned this and i learned this from older comedians watch what you say in this business because you're going to come across some, like, for example, I've said something. I don't want to mention the name because I don't know if I'm going to be working <laughs> with her. 
But I, I, there was a comedian that I really fucking shit on. Like, and I, I said, you know, I said something that, like, if, if I could fight her to the death, I would. Like, I mean, Roseanne Barr. And, and, no, and like, and I, I said stuff like that. And then recently somebody's like, hey, um, do you want to work with this person? It could be good money. And I don't know if I'm going to. And part of me is like, I don't even know if I want to because I've, I've, I've said something like that. But <laughs> you never know who you come across and you never know who's going to be a sweetheart. You know, like you could say something and then all of a sudden you meet somebody and you're like, man, why, why was I like that? Right. So, you know, I, but listen, I agree with you as a comedian, everything is on the table. Everything is funny. But like, I'm talking like right when they were like, the guy died in a fiery crash, like right when it happened, it was like comedians you never heard of doing Fast and the Furious. And it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought that it was a little much, but, um, you know, rest in peace to the guy, 40 years old, young talent. You never want to see that shit. Um, and, and it's like stupid like and the stupid media is like well we don't have any details the one thing we know is speed may play a factor and it's like yeah of course he was in a Porsche like what the fuck it's like what you were talking about with ESPN this lazy lazy oh, yeah, yeah. like media is lazy like, yeah. now hey, you know we gotta hit that shot to yeah, win what that what the game. Pacers really need is somebody to step up and hit a big shot when the game is on the line it's like no shit that's what every fucking team needs <laughs> why the fuck oh my god you get these it's dumb lazy. fucking athletes it's, yeah. just, it's just lazy it's all the same shit over you could literally program a robot to spit out 12 fa- phrases oh you gotta give 110% oh the effort wasn't there <laughs> and you know um Anyway. Anyway. Well, listen, man. You got you got any plugs? What do you want to plug? What do you uh, got coming up, man? I mean, my Twitter, first of all, you know, stavcomedy.com. I'll put some jokes. That's I, S-T-A-V? S-T-A-V comedy. I, you know, I'll write some Twitter jokes. I don't really... That's basically all I do on there. You know, check it out. Um... I've got some stuff in Baltimore coming. I mean, I don't have anything in New York to plug. I just did all my spots, and I'm gonna I'm going back to Baltimore today, actually. Uh, but if you know, if you're in Baltimore, I'm doing a show at the uh, with the Baltimore Improv Group. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I've, I'm you know I'm all over the place in Baltimore and DC. You can check out my website stavcomedy.com. Uh, got all my dates and stuff up there. Uh, you know, I'll be back. Hopefully, I'll be back to visit and stuff like that. I really, really loved the uh, really loved the visit up here this time. Um, but yeah, just check me out on Twitter. Keep uh, keep listening to the Verzi Effect. I love. I'm just a fan of the podcast, so it's fun to fun to be oh, on man, it. Dude, yeah. I, was, I, I had a great time, and uh, you know, I, you had me in tears. I mean, that that <laughs> shit thing was. I mean, that was that was. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know how great it is when the highlight of of a show is talking about people <laughs> shitting, but dude, that was funny. Um, yeah, so and check Stav out, man. Like like I said, I worked with him at Magoobies with Matt Reese and uh, just really, really, uh, as you guys can hear on the show, just a great dude. Somebody that uh, listen, I, I met the guy what maybe six months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, if that, yeah, four or five months ago, and I invited him up to my house. And um, I, as a young comic, I love seeing what he's doing, and I think he's going to be somebody. I love for him to move to New York. I think he's going to be somebody that you guys hear about. So check him out. Uh, you know, and the prick is Greek, so he's you know. Uh, <laughs> great dude um so so check him out uh, me i i will put this up now but i don't know any students who listen to my thing and and, and if you've listened to the podcast i'm going to be headlining um uh Delo- university of delaware with uh the hilarious adrian apolucci uh right off of her uh, letterman thing we're gonna go she and did, yeah. yeah she did amazing and, and and she absolutely did kill it and um you know we're gonna be going down there tonight uh, to do that. So I'll be University of Delaware and then I am in New York City a ton. I'm going to be at Stand Up New York. I'm going to be at The Stand. I'm going to be at Gotham. I got a bunch of stuff coming and all of those dates are updated on uh, my website. My website is all ready and updated with the new shows, paulverzi.com. Please keep the comments coming. 
um, on iTunes and follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Thank you for all the support and all the kind words. Uh, I'm glad that everybody, or I hope everybody did have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Now that's over and we have fucking, you know, three weeks to shit in fucking malls <laughs> while we shop for, for Christmas. So uh, I'll be talking to you guys until episode 139. I'm out of here. Thanks, everybody. And I will talk to you guys soon.